0: Thanks for tuning in. As you know, we are soon to approach episode number 300. Today we have episode 274. And as always, I have an interview with somebody who's doing really cool things today's guest on the show has always been an entrepreneur. I always ask people before we start, did you have sort of a real job like, you know, working for Procter and Gamble? And they always come back with their sort of story. So I kind of know where we're going to go. This guy is an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. He has been an entrepreneur since he was a kid. He's never really had sort of that real job. He's always had to, to produce to get a paycheck. And of course, that's sort of the way I live day to day as a solopreneur and a professional speaker and master of ceremonies. If I, I don't get the business, you know, I can't play, pay that tuition for my kid in college and I can't feed the kid in high school. So you got to make things happen if you're an entrepreneur. And that's what this show is all about. So today's guest is Jim Silbernagel, and Jim works in the financial services industry as a financial planner, but he does so much more than that. In fact, as we got to talking, I got really excited about having him on the show because he's one of these people who does a little bit here, a little bit there, a lot over there, and he gives back to help people at the same time, and that's what we want to hear on the show. So, Jim, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do.
1: Hey, I really appreciate you having me. I uh I'm really looking forward to this.
0: No, it's gonna be fun. I you know, I always start off by kind of telling the basics of what someone does, but why don't you explain to the audience who is Jim Silbernagel and what do you do?
1: Well, that's a that's a great question. Um I'm uh, I, I really try to help people. I'm almost like a life coach for people. You know, the the term is I'm a financial planner, but it's so much more than planning. It's really helping people determine what their goals are and then build a roadmap to achieve those goals. And, and and then along the way, keep them on track. And a lot of times I find myself as more of a teacher, and then the coaching part comes in when they want to veer off the road is coaching them right, get back right on the path again. So keeping their, keeping their sights set and, and helping them achieve their goals.
0: So what led you into both being an entrepreneur and then, and then this line of work?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I grew up in the, uh, during the recession of the 70s. And, uh, when I was growing up, if you had a job, you were lucky. There was a waiting list to get newspaper routes. So you had to create your own sources of revenue. And, uh, so I started out early on doing, you know, I was able to get a paper out eventually. Um, I had, uh, I did snow shoveling jobs. I did, Uh, grass cutting, anything somebody needed to have done, I was always there trying to figure out a way to make a dollar. And uh, what I learned very early on is even back then, you know, minimum wage was around a little less than three bucks an hour. And I found I could make triple or quadruple that by providing these services. And what I used to do is go around the neighborhood and they'd ask what I charged. And I figured I didn't want to limit myself. So I just said, well, you just pay me what you think it's worth. And uh, if they didn't pay me much, I thanked them and I never went back. (laughs) But uh, those that paid very well, I asked if they would like me to be their regular snow shovel or their regular grass cutter. And and I found uh, I was able to make about 10 to 15 bucks an hour all through my grade school and even into high school continue doing that.
0: Shoot. For some people that would be good money today, but back then that was huge.
1: (laughs) It was, I, I, I always had, I always had money in my pocket.
0: (laughs) So then as, as you, as you got through high school and college, what kept you on that entrepreneurial path?
1: Well, you know, my, my dad, when I finished high school, he wanted me to get a real job (laughs) and, uh, I still avoided an hourly job. I got a job, uh, actually telemarketing, scheduling appointments, insurance professionals that were doing estate planning with farmers and uh, I was calling farmers all over the country and I got paid based on the appointments I set. So if I just sat there and twiddled my thumbs I wouldn't make any money and I figured right away if I'm gonna work I might as well work hard and get paid as much as I can. so made really good money then and uh, you know I had a bunch of people tell me I should get in the insurance business and the financial planning business. You know, and I I think back when I was in high school, if someone would have told me I was going to be an insurance agent, I probably would have taken them out to the parking lot to defend my honor. (laughs) You know, because when you look at those lists of the worst professions, you know, uh, we're right up there with used car salesmen. And but yet, if you look at the list of um, the surveys that are done with financial and insurance professionals that really do good planning, You know, they're at the top of the list there. And I didn't realize that when I was younger. But but as I got into the business, I am just so grateful and thankful that I got into a business where I can make such a huge positive difference for people. And uh, it's just so rewarding. So it's, it's just a great business to be in. I can't imagine myself in another profession
0: well and, and you're right I mean I've been fortunate enough to to do some speaking and training with people in the insurance business and the financial planning industry and the ones at the top they make unbelievable amounts of money and they you know are able to to do something rewarding because in the reality of it you're helping people because the people who you serve if you do a good job you're you're helping them for the long run so in a way I don't know why you know people people look down on that job I think it's an awesome industry
1: it is and um you know, it's a lot of hard work starting out. I mean, most people fail, um, you know, cause they don't, they don't have the perseverance. And I've always told people it's the easiest job in the world, but it's also the most difficult because you, each day you wake up, you're starting from scratch, you know, so you have to keep working. And if you're not self-disciplined, um, and I think that's true of any, any, uh, entrepreneur, if, uh, if they're not self-disciplined and, have a track that they're going on and, and treat it almost like a job. You, you're, you're, your own boss, but boy, you better keep yourself accountable as the employee or your business is going to fail. It's, there's just too much competition out there. And uh, you know, the, the cost of doing business is not going down, but uh, you have to get really good and get really efficient to have a profitable business. And um, you know, but when, when you do that, there's nothing better than being your own
0: boss. Well, and you're right, and that's something people don't think about also with, you know, with people in your business, but also with lawyers and accountants and really anybody in the services business, it doesn't matter if you work for a company or you hang your own shingle. At the end of the day, you eat what you kill, and so you are an entrepreneur if you're responsible for having a book of business and, you know, I do a lot of work with lawyers as well and, you know, sometimes they don't even realize they're entrepreneurs. And it's like really because who's responsible for your billable hours? You know, you are. That's right. You know, so it's it's yeah so so many of us are entrepreneurs and don't even know it. I don't know that I knew it until I looked up one day and had been supporting my family for many years just on what I did and I was like, "Oh, I guess that is. I guess that is what I am." So, so now that you've been doing this for a long time, what do you love about the life of sort of creating your own path?
1: Well, what's I mean, the experiences that you have along the way are are just incredible. And what I learned along the way, I mean, I'm not just, you know, most people there's there's investment people there's just insurance people but I'm in a town of 4004 and I'm not in a uh, I'm not working with fortune 500 company or fortune 400 company executives I'm just working with basic mom and pop folks and one thing I learned a long time ago is you have to provide unbelievable service to have people come to you and stay with you and and being one dimensional Um, I find really limits what your potential is when you're in a small market. So you have to figure ways to really be more comprehensive in your approach. So early on in the business, you know, we collaborated with other folks that had an entrepreneurial spirit. I collaborated with accountants, I collaborated with attorneys, and we built a system that could create efficiencies that really could serve the client in middle-class America. And yet, still be affordable and still be at a point where everybody could make money so that it was a win, 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 win. Um, Also developed into property and casualty insurance, which is the auto, homeowners, commercial liability type coverages, and uh, just became sort of a one-stop shop for folks um, that made us um, able to be very successful while at the same time provide a high degree of service in an area that's often unforgot- uh that's often forgotten, when you're um, looking at financial planners. I know when I listen to the radio, I'll hear folks advertise in my profession that if you got a half a million or more, you know, I'll talk to you. Otherwise, you're not worth my time. Is basically what they're saying. <laughs> but we'll help people get started from scratch, building their legacy and building their destiny. Um, we'll we'll start. We'll start. You know, my my criteria is if you want help and you're willing to help yourself, I'm willing to be right there with you and back you up 100%.
0: So have there ever been moments kind of being responsible for your own journey? Have there ever been moments when you thought, oh boy, a job would be so much easier? Well,
1: to be honest with you, I actually went through an interview process with a a couple companies. And as I went through it, I thought, you know, this just isn't for me. I just have to pull myself up by the bootstraps and just work a little bit harder. There's just no way I wanted to have to uh, be subject to the limitations of a job. So I just forged ahead. And uh, fortunately, I made the decision to do that because I can't imagine um, how unhappy I would be working for somebody else because I've always been one trying to figure out a better way of doing things. And uh, a lot of times that doesn't go over very good when you're working for somebody.
0: Well, and you're pretty fortunate because a lot of people get stuck in the grind. They put their ladder against a wall and start climbing that ladder only to find out they've had the ladder against the wrong wall for a, a long time. And, and I would probably put myself in that camp that I wish when I was in my early 20s, I had figured out that I was going to have to just take a machete and you know crunch my way through the jungle uh, because I spent a lot of time being that person who was kind of you know unhappy. I always thought I could do it better. And then, of course, with the ups and downs of the recessions, People would close their businesses or they'd pull out of you know the area where I lived, and so i, I you know I got laid off a few times, and it was never because of me. I was a good salesperson, but you know I watched yeah. jobs go away, and yet I watched the owner of the business keep their lake house, so decisions were made, and the lake house you know out trumped me for uh what their decision was, so that's when I decided to heck with it. I'm gonna do my own thing
1: well you know and and that's all about controlling your own destiny. that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is the fact that. As times change, you can adapt and adjust to those times and stay on the track. You know, you might have to take a little detour here and there, but as an entrepreneur, you make your own way. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, you got nobody to blame but yourself. But you're also the one that gets the credit along the way. And uh, when you're when you're when you're at the steering wheel, when you're driving the car. You get, to, you get to steer in the direction you want to go. You're not a passenger just looking out the window. You're, you're, you're making it happen.
0: So, Jim, if someone's listening to this right now and they're thinking – they're listening to what you and I are talking about and they're like, yes, wait, that's me. I, I want to be in that driver's seat. What advice would you have for them about how to become an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or how to get into a services industry where they're building their own book of business?
1: You got to be the best you can be, and if you're not the best you can be, you got to be working toward that always. And I don't think you ever can get to the point where you are the best you can be. You know, I've um, one of the things I do is uh, is I work with a lot of other entrepreneurs, and I think collaboration is huge. Um, there's not too many people that go it alone that reach high levels of success. There's always people around them that can help them. Um, you know, I would have things like a board of directors get the people that you most respect in business that are business owners and entrepreneurs themselves get a board for yourself and have those folks you know and be totally bluntly honest where your challenges are where your strengths are and get the opinion of other successful people to help build the other thing is i learned this from another entrepreneur is the team around you you know and delegate the work to the least paid person capable of handling the job you know if you're opening your own letters and paying your own bills um, you know, that's that's probably not the best use of your time. You want to make sure that you're putting 100% of your effort where it makes the biggest impact for your business. So um, one of the uh, entrepreneurs I've had an opportunity to meet, he talks about, too, another thing is with your employees, you know, having an attitude of gratitude in the workplace, treating them like volunteers and not slaves. You're going to get a lot more done by, by being more of a family and a, a atmosphere than a slave driver that's just trying to drive the work, um, there's just so many different things you can do. But as an entrepreneur, probably the most important thing that you can do is realize that you're not perfect and always strive to be perfect and enlist others to help
0: you. So, you know, you talk about surrounding yourself with good people and having that having that board. So how important is networking if you're going to grow a business?
1: Oh, it's huge! You know, there's a saying out there: "Don't keep me a secret." Well, <laughs> if you're in business for yourself, you better not be keeping yourself a secret. <laughs> Any opportunity you have to let people know what what you can do to help them, what is your value proposition? And I don't think there's too many ways you can get that done. And the best way to get it done if you have that if you have those interpersonal centers of influence, relationships with those folks. Um, they can help you so much more than you can help yourself. So if you're networking and you get people that will think of you when they're talking to a friend and they're saying, hey, you should go call Jim. I think he's, he can really help you out um, based on what you're describing. I know I know he works in that area. You know, And that goes a lot further than you trying to tell your own story. So, you know, and, and the, th- the other thing is in the networking opportunity, if it's even a direct opportunity to work with somebody – you know, in a in a face to face meeting, it's kind of non threatening. You're not really there marketing, but um, you're there to get to know people. And if they have an interest in what you do, and that's the way you get to get get the word out. So I think networking is. I, I can't stress enough how important that is that people get out there and talk to each other.
0: So and in fact, the reason you're on this show is because of networking. I was uh, speaking at a conference. In Washington, D.C. And coincidentally, there was another association at the same hotel. And it turned out one of my good friends who used to be a client of mine from a time I'd spoken at yet another association saw on social media that I was staying at that hotel. I went for a run around the river that was right there and he recognized the pictures and he's like, are you staying at the Gaylord in in D.C.? And I said, yeah. And so I met him for breakfast and he walked me over, introduced me to Jim and said, Jim would be a great guest on the show. And it was just serendipity of the fact that I ran into my friend and then he ran into Jim. And now here we are bringing Jim to all the listeners of cool things entrepreneurs do. So clearly it works if you surround yourself with the right people who are willing to make connections.
1: Yeah, and it's just amazing. And here we're talking before the recording and what I'm connected with, I think we can help you get some more uh, more gigs and in, in public speaking and you know, and I'm, I'm hopeful you can get me in front of some other organizations as well. And, I mean, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And it's a lot easier than cold calling. That's, <laughs> you know, getting a nice warm introduction from somebody um, that understands what makes you tick and, you know, what, what your value proposition is um, sure makes the lifting a lot easier when others are helping you do it.
0: All, uh, like, I mean that's what I do and that's what I've taught for, for 10 years. But I laugh because that's exactly right is people think that somehow in this world where you can link to strangers on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn that somehow it's magic networking. But the truth is nobody wakes up and helps a stranger that they linked to five years ago and has had no contact with. It takes time to build an understanding and a relationship and when you do that, it leads to real business and when you don't do it, it leads to hopes and dreams and wishes that rarely pay off
1: yeah there's no there's no get rich quick you know <laughs> I mean some people are very successful very quickly but I remember hearing somebody just speak just recently they were recognized um as a you know like the uh, business of the year quick start or something like that I forget how it how, how exactly it was worded and the guy said uh man it took me 14 years of days, <laughs> nights, and weekends to become an overnight success, you know? And uh, I mean, and, and that's kind of the thing. You got to do the work. And I, I talk about persistent consistency. I love it. You that. know, you have to be consistent at what you do. You have to be persistent. You can't just try something once, like go to a networking event and pass your cards out to everybody and just expect all of a sudden the phone's going to be ringing off the hook. You know, it's it's more about creating those relationships. And it's not about what they can do for you. It's about what you can do for them. And then they're going to want to reciprocate. And once you figure that out, that that it's about how you can serve others first, you know, then business will just come to you. I don't care what business you're in, but you talk to the top, most successful entrepreneurs and people in business. And that's one of the most common things that you hear about is you 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 put yourself out first before you ask for the business.
0: God, I feel like I'm talking to my long lost brother. I tell people all the time that you have to go out and help others, and you can't keep score because sometimes the person you help can't help you back. But somebody who's a real giver who can they they see you do it, and they're going to help you next time. So just give for the sake of give, and you're going to get more than you ever imagined.
1: You know, I gotta give. I gotta give you an example um, as you were talking about that. I know in my profession, there's this big thing about, well, I'll refer business to you, but you got to refer business to me. (laughs) And, and the area that that's real common in is accounting and attorneys. And I learned a long time ago, attorneys aren't the best salespeople, (laughs) you know, or relationship people, because they already have this stigma with the general public that I can't afford to talk to these people because they're billing me by the hour. And I can't afford to talk to them too much. So they're, they're not, They're 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 not as much of a uh, of a rainmaker that someone in the financial services or insurance industry can be. They tend to be more, you know, more out there, more marketing. And what I found is, if I've got a professional that makes me look good because they just do a good professional job, I don't care whether they ever send me business. I can I can generate my own business. I, I don't have a problem. I don't need to keep score. I just know if they do a good job and they make me look good guess what's going to happen? My clients are going to refer me to other people and they'll do the marketing for me. I don't need to have it from the attorney. I don't need to have it from the CPA. Now it does come, but if I just sat there and kept score, I probably wouldn't be making very much money. I'd probably be sitting (laughs) twiddling my thumbs because one of my value propositions is I'm kind of a quarterback for my clients between all these different professionals. So if we do that, um, you know, then the business comes because the the clients realize you're doing whatever it takes to take care of
0: them yep absolutely hey hey jim i've got a couple more questions for you but before i get there i have to thank the sponsor of this episode so this episode is brought to you by podfly productions podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast they set you up with the right equipment training and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing they do all the heavy lifting and and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Jim Silbernagel. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Jim, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now?
1: Well, there's there's two things, and they both involve giving back. You know, I reached my midlife crisis probably about 10 years ago and started thinking about, okay, it's the rat race of building the business, building the business, building the business. And you get to that point where it's, all right, What what can I do to give back? And how can I make more of an impact than meeting with people one-on-one? How do I multiply what I'm doing? And, you know, I talked about earlier being the best you can be. And, and I, I am a, a constant student with a thirst for knowledge and how to be the best I can be. And I find I've got a lot that I can share with other advisors that I've learned that can help them with their clients. So one of the things I started is something very similar to what you're doing here, and I've, I've created a program called Real Wealth. And it's a program where I interview some of the successful people that and, and uh, uh, a lot of coaches, we have a lot of entrepreneurs, we have top advisors, um, we have educators, we have all these different folks on talking about things that are relevant to the planning process for uh, clients. And we distribute that to advisors throughout the country to distribute to their clients. And then we do a, uh, a monthly webinar for our advisors to help teach them some of the concepts um, that we talk about on the podcast. So that, that's that been really exciting, and we're at the point now where our distribution has reached tens of thousands, and we're, we're very excited about that, and that's something that we did as a give-back. And what's really exciting about it is my daughter uh, graduated with a marketing degree, and she came to work for me, and being able to work close with my daughter has been just an unbelievable, rewarding experience. So that's been a lot of fun. And then there's one other thing I'm, I'm doing now that I hope I can share. Sure. And that is today we see too many of our kids that lack purpose and they're not connected. They don't have deep relationships. And this really hit me hard. My, my daughter and a son both graduated from college at the same time. And we live out in the country. We've got, uh, um, we had a, a party for for their, them and their friends for graduation from college, and we had a bonfire out. And there's all these kids sitting around the fire, and I just happen to notice probably four or five times throughout the evening there'd be complete silence, no conversation, and everybody's on their smartphones texting <laughs> other people. So. Here, they're so worried about what they're missing out that they're not even living and experiencing the moment. And and I know with my own kids, um, you know, I know growing up, I always had one, two, maybe three really close, deep relationship friends. None of my kids really have that. Um, not to the degree, at least I feel, that I had when I was growing up, because you know, your parents wouldn't let you sit and talk on the phone for three hours and tie the phone up because we didn't have call waitings. We <laughs> right. had party phones. Yeah, a mobile you know, phone so was a,
0: a mobile phone was
1: a long uh, cord. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, we, we didn't we had to communicate with people one on one and we had deeper relationships. And I see throughout America the the um heroin epidemic that's happening and You know, I think a lot of that as a result of not having deep relationships and a sense of purpose. So I learned about a thing called Main Street Philanthropy, where uh, it's to teach kids qualitative and quantitative analysis of charities, and they have to do their own fundraisers. They raise money for these causes. They investigate them, and I've literally seen kids just transform from, you know, not really having any any purpose in life to now they have purpose. Now they're you know, going on to volunteer and getting more engaged. And, uh, and that's something that I'm very blessed because I, I'm in the financial position now that I can support You know, having these classes uh, put on in our local high schools. So right now, the most important thing that I, I look for now is how can I give back and make a bigger difference for people? And, and that's the most rewarding thing about being a successful entrepreneur.
0: And, and see, I think that's so great because I think that's what a lot of people want to be able to do is they want to get to that place where they can make a difference more than just make money. So I, I applaud you for doing all of that stuff. That's great.
1: Yeah. Well, it's 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 just an awesome journey. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's you know, the greatest thing about being an entrepreneur is you're in control of a lot of that stuff if you do the right things, you know, because you, you know as well as I do, if uh, you don't do what it takes or maybe there's... Couple curveballs thrown your way, and if if you don't bounce back, um, you know it can it can be a real tough tough journey. But um, but you, you keep doing the right things and and consistently do that, um, success. I mean we we live in the greatest country in the world. It's hard not to be successful if you do the right things.
0: That's awesome. So the last question I want to ask you is: I mean, we could talk about Jim and all the things you're doing all day long, but I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask people, who's another entrepreneur out there? It could be someone like Elon Musk. It could be your local dry cleaner. It could be anybody else. But who's someone who you say, wow, they're doing something cool?
1: Well, I've got a board of directors and it's all business people that I think what they're doing is really cool, you know, and those are the people close, you know, some of the people from afar that I've always admired, you know, I I read the book Good to Great and what, you know, um. And that book had a lot of really cool things in some of the guests I've had on, um, on my program. I, I mean, I, I can, I could name off, um, probably 30, 40 of them right off the top of my head, but there are so many people that have helped shape my life. It, it'd be, it'd be hard to name them all, but, um, um, you know, there's just there's just so many cool people. It's hard hard to uh, just
0: name one. Sure, absolutely. Well, hey Jim, thank you so much for giving of your time to be a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If someone's listening and they're inspired by you, they want to find out more about your podcast or or get in touch with you because they want to learn more about your Main Street Initiative uh, charity program that you're involved with. How in the world would people find you?
1: Well, um, you could you could go to um, I think probably the best way just just give us a call, <laughs> talk to us personally. I'm not I'm not big on the emails, although we have emails, but I get I get thousands of them. So I think the best thing would give us a call, and if they want to call, us, my my number here in my office is two six two six two six eight, eight, nine, two. And, uh, would look forward to talking to anybody that wants to talk about being an entrepreneur. That's for sure.
0: And that is so awesome because you just go old school, pick up the phone and call them people. Come on. So again, thanks. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. I,
1: I, I love having the personal relationship and I really appreciate the time that you've given me to share my story and I think what you're doing is really cool. This has been a cool adventure for me to be part of your program.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have fun around here. And hey, thank. like I said, thank you for being a guest. And thanks to the audience, because if it wasn't for the audience who listened, we wouldn't have a show. If you want to get more involved with our little community, you can follow us on Facebook. We're on Twitter, at Cool Podcast. You can go over to iTunes. You can leave a review of the show. Or you could join the little group coaching program that we started right out of this podcast called The Potential Project. We're looking for some new members because we're going into the second half of the year. Sometimes people feel they just need to have kind of a warm nest of friends who can kind of support them while they're trying to figure out their path, and that's what we do. We have a little call every Monday night, and we have a Facebook page where everybody can share what they're working on, and it's a small but mighty group of people, and I have a lot of fun kind of being the moderator of it, and I'll be honest, I learn more probably than anybody else by being able to be involved with this group. So you can find out information about that at tomsinger.com. Go to the About button. There's a little thing that says Group Coaching Program. You can find out there what the latest guy who joined said, that's the best value ever. I thought it was going to be three times that amount. So apparently I don't charge enough. So go find out about it now while you can. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Jim. I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. But in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you You go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at tom.singer.